Hey, my name's Christian. Thank you once again for joining me for another episode of the Lead Worship World podcast from multitracks.com. In this episode, I get to have a conversation with another Christian, Christian Stanfield from Passion. Christian shares about his most recent solo project, Make It Out Alive, as well as his reflections on his story so far in the Passion Movement and this year's Passion event. But it's Christian's vulnerability, his story, and his encouragement for true relationship that really shine through as the theme for this episode. So sit back and enjoy all the gold and all the wisdom that comes from Christian in this episode. Well, Christian Stanfield, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate oh, it. This is awesome, man. It's great to uh, meet you and see somebody with the same spelling of our name, which is very rare to find. This is a real tree. I think I know one other Christian who spells his name with a K. Yeah. But yeah, very rare to chat to. We were chatting offline about some of the fun <laughs> stories that happen when your name is spelled with a K, right? Yeah, that's right. I was saying, you know, when you're at, at Starbucks or a coffee shop or a doctor's office, you just expect and listen for Kristen... Uh, Christina, uh, which Christina has always been funny to me because there's there's not an A at the end, but I get Christina quite a bit. Yeah, but I just answered all of them. I got and, that uh, literally two days ago. I'm sat in a doctor's office for a knee injury, and <clears> they come out and they go Christina, and I know it's me, so I stand up. But then the rest of the room looks at me to go, he doesn't look like a Christina. I don't know what he's here for, but yeah, it's always a fun conversation like, starter. Nobody sure. panic. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am Christian, and I normally <laughs> say that for the benefit of the room, not for anybody else. Yeah, I'm Christian. I'm I'm ready to. That's right. Going. But yeah, that's right. Absolute treat. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast. Really, oh, I love being here with you. Yeah, today. thank you, man. Thank you. So I'm going to jump straight in if that's all right. We've got so much stuff we can talk about, which is going to be fun. But at the end of last year, uh, you put out a solo record, which I think may have been your first one for several years, right? Maybe like 10 years, first solo record, Make It Out Alive. That's right. So it was my first solo project in 11 years. 11 so years my last now. artist project was in 2011. So that's okay. the record cycle that we're on now. Yeah. It's an 11-year <laughs> record cycle, a project. So the project uh, was called Make It Out Alive. Uh, and yeah. this isn't necessarily the topic today, because I think you've spoken about this with lots of people recently, but it's fascinating. But before we head into our conversation, uh, tell me a little bit about the project. Tell me a little bit about some of the backstory and the chapter of your life that that project represents. I'd love for you to give a high level to that, if you would, Christian. Yeah, I would love to talk about it. The project is very vulnerable and human in nature. It's more singer-songwriter and storyteller and devotional than sing-along, church worship songs, which I think people are typically expecting from me or from Passion. But, you know, I I love the church and I love the singing church, clearly. I've I've been a part of church since I was very, very young, been leading worship in church since I was very, very young. And I'm really here talking to you because of the church and amazing youth pastors and people along the way. Uh, But the church is made up of people and people have stories and brokenness and pain in their life. And I found myself in a place at the end of 2020 where I needed to take a really hard look at myself and some you know, addictive behavior in my life and some ways of thinking. And I wanted to get better. I wanted right. to get healthier. And so I started this journey of, of doing that. And through that process of talking to friends, you know, my wife and friends, pastors at our church, counselors, I started to 
kind of come through it and these songs started to emerge and um and i thought man if if these songs could help somebody else be honest about what's really going on in their life then that would be amazing because i i found and maybe you found this too that when we're going through something really hard the lie that we're tempted to believe is that we're the only one going through that thing in our life when really there's people all around us who are waiting for us to open that door and go, Hey, here's what I'm going through. And as soon as you do that, other people close to you go, man, me too. Or maybe it's different than you, but I'm struggling with, it's been really cool, man, just to, to hear people's stories, to have conversations about what's really going on. And I think it's the way forward. I think this, this moment in time, uh, we have a a chance to, to be vulnerable and bring these things out into the open yeah. And no more playing games, but really get real with each other. Yeah. I think God God meets us there. I think He actually <laughs> prefers that we come that way. We yeah. come as we are. And there's something really powerful and special that happens when we do that. That's beautifully put. I think you did a, um, there's a podcast recording that I saw with you and your wife and Louie and Shelley uh, when you were talking around this. So we're going to deliberately link to that when this podcast goes out and in the show notes and we'd really encourage people to go in and check out that conversation rather than uh, than us rehashing, because I think that was so well done and so well put. But let me ask you a couple of questions around that. You're absolutely right that when you hear someone like you sharing some of that story, you I either can identify with it or you know other people that are going through the same, that you definitely are not alone in processing that. But it is a lie that we tell ourselves. Is there a part of being on stage as a worship leader being up front, being the face of a movement that makes that even harder to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with, I'm struggling. Was any of that in your your processing as you came to Sure, sure. I think that contributed to why it took me so long right. to finally come clean with everything, with okay. what, what was going on. I think I was afraid of, I think a couple of things. One, I think we live in an age where everything looks so curated and perfect. Right. It doesn't appear that anybody has any baggage or any brokenness <laughs> yeah, in their yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. And so I thought I am I think I'm the only one. Well, everybody else seems to have it all together. I learned very quickly that's not the, the case. And so yes, I, I think it, being on stage, having a, a position of authority or leadership, that made it difficult. But then honestly, man, as I started to go through it, I saw it more as an opportunity. Like if I could use the platform or the opportunity, the leadership that I have to actually open the door to vulnerability, then that actually is more of an opportunity to help people go like, oh, maybe if he can do it, if he could be honest and brave enough to be vulnerable like that, I can be too. And and there's a lot of mess involved in in it too, man. I I don't want to just say like, it's all been easy. The process has been really hard. Um, there's been some things that I've had to, you know, some necessary changes in my life just by the nature of the process that I've been in. So it hasn't been really easy, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a process worth doing for sure. Thank you for being vulnerable. I think what I love about worship leaders is they model the way, not just with the songs they sing or the songs they mm-hmm. write, but they model the way in the way that we handle some of this stuff. And I think this is one way that God has absolutely used you uh, to model mm. to other people how they can lean into those tougher times, but be really vulnerable and, and honest about them mm. and have connection. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that you have that supportive church and community 
around you that you're able to yeah. process that with and also songs and songwriting as a medium for you to express that and then give that as a gift uh, for other yeah. people to process as well talk to me a little bit about the role of community uh, and mm. i know you've touched on this previously but the role of community specifically uh, as you're processing uh, and that transition towards better health yeah well we've been in the same place with the same people more or less uh, since 2005 Right. So we've been leading with passion. My wife and I have been a part of passion since 2005 and been with Louie and Shelley and a lot of other people on our team for many, many years. And that depth of relationship, that depth of friendship, yes. it's so rooted. Um, we have been through really amazing moments in life and we've celebrated. There's been so much joy, but then also we have wept with each other. We've been through hell together. And so there's this depth, these these roots that go really deep. So when when stuff like this happens and my wife and I really in, need to engage the strength of our community, we found our community to be there in such strength. And, you know, you asked earlier, you know, one of the things that kept me from being honest for so long is I was so afraid that I was going to get shame and judgment. Like if I really was like right. honest... Yeah. And what I found is that, you know, when you're in a community of people who are walking with Jesus, we're in the word of God together, the response has been so much grace and so much love. And um, that's what I would, you know, really also would want to encourage people, you know, and just to find those people that you can trust, that you can be open and honest with. You know, my wife and I, we would not be where we are today if it weren't for the people in our lives, we've really had to learn to link arms with the people in our life. That's been the strength for sure. That's amazing. And then the songs that came out of that process that made it onto that project, make it out alive. Have you been privileged enough to hear stories of how those songs have touched people that you don't even know uh, and how those stories have come back to you of how the project that you poured into has then helped other people Mm. work through process? Yeah, man, it's, it's been really humbling. I mean, truly, to like meet people on Instagram that like I would not have met if it weren't for this right. project or these yeah. songs, and they're reaching out just out of the blue, going like, "Hey, we don't know each other, but I've walked a similar road. I'm in a similar story and process, and just to be able to type them a message back or even do like a voice memo, like I went like some voice memos back and forth Amazing. with a few people. Like I don't, we don't even really know each other, <laughs> but I'm just like, hey, man, like you are not alone, like. I'm with you. God is with you. His grace is enough for you. And just to encourage people. And then just also just walking through like the halls of our church, people will, right. will stop me and go, man, we're in it with you. Like we're on a similar journey. And so, and that was really the goal. That's what, what we prayed for. Like right. there wasn't really a big like marketing campaign or radio campaign. It was just like, we really felt that this was a message for this moment, for this time, just to help people open the door so yeah it's been it's been very cool man very very cool well we're going to change gears slightly like i said we'll link to that conversation and let's dip back into that story as it feels appropriate but i want to talk about passion yeah. uh, with yeah. you for a while uh, many many people will know you from obviously your role within passion um mm. here's my funny story of my first connection with passion um i i don't know how old i am i'm probably late teens i am at soul survivor which is a big festival in the uk Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the, the evening's finished and I'm stood in the queue for the burger van, which probably tells you more about me than anything else. But I'm stood <laughs> in the queue for the burger van and I'm going to get cheesy chips and a burger, which is fries for our American friends, right? Yeah. Uh, and 
my friends and I note that there's a guy stood behind us that looks slightly out of place at a youth conference purely by his age. And we're like, oh, maybe it's somebody's dad. We're not sure. We didn't know who he was. And we strike up a conversation. And go, this guy's American. He's really interesting. Anyway, he buys his food. I don't know if he had a burger. We buy ours. We sit on a bench and we start a conversation with this guy. And he mm. just blows us away with his kind of encouragement to us as late teens mm. and his encouragement to us around love for the Bible. And he leaves and we leave and we're like, who was that guy? We have no idea. The next night he stands on stage preaching and it's Louis Giglio and he's been invited <laughs> over. Uh, and I kick in myself. Like there's like later on in life, I'm like, I wish I had all these questions if I knew what, I, anyway, anyway. So I'm meeting this guy and his talk blew me away. And I can remember it so vividly. He talked about Christ to me, the hope of glory. Mm. And he told the story of the gospel using Tupperware. And he yes. wrote you and put in you and put it in sin. And I could probably preach it now. I remember it that clearly. And phenomenal. I, I left that conference and looked up everything I could find about Louis. And I found, was it 722? Was that the name? Yeah. The Tuesday night ministry? That yeah, that was church? it. Yeah. And I, yeah. one of the first online streaming kind of worship services that I could consume there in the UK mm. would watch that. And I remember Passion One Day uh, and mm. everybody running to the crosses. They sang yes. uh, Oh, the Wondrous Cross and Shane and Shane doing the recording. And so there's yeah. my story of passion. And then I get to the point where then I'm like, I get to America, but I'm too old to turn up at passion and be a target audience. So I watch it from a, from a distance yeah. and enjoy it. Um, but take me back to the start for you. What was your yeah. first involvement in, in passion? Where did you join in in that kind of whole journey? Uh, and take me back to the start for you and your mm. involvement. By the way, that is an awesome story that you, <laughs> you met Louis. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like Louis, that he would sit with you and just encourage you. It's the kind of guy he is. But yeah. before we were ever involved with passion, we felt the, the aftershock of one day. Right. And uh, these big, like this thing that God was doing through passion, we were in high school. I was like freshman or sophomore in high school. And we started hearing rumors of, this thing that God was doing. And we started to hear the music, right. started to listen to the talks. And so we were being impacted and inf influenced by the ministry and the songs and all that of passion, like in high school. We, we would lead the songs every Wednesday or Sunday. And then fast forward to 2004, I'm leading worship at a, a summer youth conference where Louis is one of the speakers. We meet there and strike up a conversation and a friendship. And he asked if I would be a part of leading in 2005 in Nashville, like uh, one of the community groups, like a yeah. kind of a smaller group off the the big gathering. And and I was so happy to do it. I mean, it was like, you, it's the kind of thing you don't even really have to pray about. You're yeah. like, I am, <laughs> I am <laughs> so there. <laughs> yeah. But we wanted to be there because of, it was so clear that God was breathing life and his wind into the sails of this this ministry. And we're like, we want to be a part of what God's doing on the earth right now. And so we jump in in 2005 and we just never left. <laughs> we just love, we love the people. We love what God is doing. Uh, you know, gradually as the years went on, my involvement got, got more and more. And then when the church started in 2009, again, my wife and I, we were like, we want to be ground zero, like a part of what's happening. So we've been a part of the church since 09 and, uh, I'm still on staff at the church. I'm yeah. I'm no longer like the day-to-day -day, like worship pastor at our okay. church, but I am one of the worship leaders at our church and do a lot of songwriting and obviously the artist thing and with passion music. So that's my the brief history of my involvement. It's been amazing, man. Truly amazing. Give me your top two highlights, if you can, of oh, your gosh. time and passion. 
The first thing that came to mind when you said that was um, some of our international international dates that we've okay. been able to be a part of. There was one specific night in Manila in the Philippines. I barely made it. It's a long story, but mechanical issues with a with a plane in America. <laughs> I had to like crisscross all over and catch these planes. And I finally yeah. got to Manila and it was just a really, really powerful night. And then, you know, some of some of the really like the more formative moments for us have been just being in church with our community. And right. some of these moments on Sunday that just they happen because there's this, you know, pursuit over the years of seeking God for our little expression at Passion City Church and for our city. You know, it's like Sunday comes every week, but it doesn't feel like redundant. It feels like yeah. ev- with every Sunday, it's like a, we're going deeper in and higher up. You know, I've really loved the journey of the local church. It's been one of the hardest things we've ever done, but also one of the most beautiful. I love churches which can have a global impact, but don't lose the roots of local church. Uh, I think yeah. here, one of the roles that we get to play as a company such as multi-tracks is we get to bridge mm-hmm. between the big and the small uh, and we mm-hmm. get to bridge between the people that are able to write songs that impact nations and then people that impact communities weekly mm-hmm. but when we have these conversations where that comes full circle and it connects and we chat to mm-hmm. people that are making global impacts but also serving in local churches so precious yeah. and so beautiful and yeah. the passion city church has done an amazing job of doing that. We have mutual friends who we connect with via multi-tracks, Brian Carl being one of them. I just love whenever I get to chat to him, his heart yeah. for the house and for church and for, for all that he gets to do. So it's just, yeah. Really, oh, really. it is super cool, man. The local church and rubbing shoulders with the saints, you know, right. looking brothers and sisters in the eye and, and feeling that sense of community and I'm not alone. It's so important. So much gets transferred when we gather together as a church and so doing that for this long with the same people it's it's really bred a sense of security and community in our marriage and in our life that i'm really grateful for it and and would encourage people that longevity is worth it hanging in there with people is worth it because it i'll say again it's not easy like we have been through some really hard stuff with our family and our community here but we we're still here and we still love each other and we there's a respect and we're all still like walking the way of Jesus together. And I'm just, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we are. There, there's so much fruit there that we would have missed if we had bailed. Really, really great. I've got a couple of questions that weren't even in my script, but I want to ask you about mm-hmm. as well. So I think one of the things that I noticed from someone sat on the outskirts of observing a movement like passion and a church like passion is Mm. obviously the quality of worship leaders that you raise up. Uh, And I Mm. think we could go back through the history and say many, many names that people recognize at many, many songs. What is it about the leadership or what is it about the culture that makes that such a great place for worship leaders to develop? Or what is it about Mm. the way that they're led that brings out that gifting uniquely in people that you've been able to identify or you'll see? And Mm. what can other churches that are, looking to raise up worship leaders, learn from the things that you've learned, good or bad, uh, along the way? Wow. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that, you know, at the heart, at the root of raising people up, quote unquote, I would say is relationship. It's journeying with people. It it takes time. Um, It takes a willingness to um, sit with people over 
weeks, months, years, and help people um, develop and step into not just the gifting that God has given them, but really just the maturity. Right, okay. Developing, you know, these guys on our team to to grow to be men who who love Jesus and love His Word, love their wives, you know, develop this private devotion and affection off stage that mm-hmm. leaks into their leadership on stage and, right. and publicly. So that that takes time. Yeah. And so I think it's just committing to this isn't like a, a six week arc. This is like this is a long, yeah. a long yeah. play game, you know? Right. Yeah. So I th- I think that's part of it. I think another part of it, one of the first things that came to my mind when you asked that question is, you know, at Passion City Church, Louie and Shelley have really modeled this value for us, but every part of our gathering is important. We don't prioritize, you know, the worship over the preaching or the preaching over the worship or okay. even whoever's hosting, you know, everything we do on a Sunday or in a gathering is is all connected to each other and leaning together toward the same end goal, which is helping people encounter God and helping people experience the love and the, and the grace of Jesus. So it's not like we have worship and then that's done and then we have hosting and then that's done and then there's right. preaching and we're all going, how can we work together and I think that's that's been a big a big value a big value for us too and helped us develop some solid team. Brilliantly put, love it. Okay, so let's talk about Passion twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, uh, man, that feels crazy to say twenty three out loud. It's like it's twenty three already, right? <laughs> and it's crazy. Like February is almost over. Like, yeah, this I know. Is... Okay, so you've just come off of Passion twenty twenty three. How did it go? How was it? Oh my gosh. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, first of all, that's the quick answer. Uh, you know, I would say every year is really beautiful, but it has every year has its unique qualities. I, okay. I would say this this year, we all felt the the benefit of the depth of friendship that we all have right. together. Like I, I feel like I'm saying this a lot with you right now, but we've just all been through a lot, especially in the last couple of years. You know, from 2020. Yeah. To right now in 23, yeah. every church, yeah. every team has been through a lot. And our yeah. team is no exception. Just journeyed a lot together. And it just felt really sweet to to lead these moments, to lead these students toward Jesus together and do it from a place of genuine love and affection for each other. And so I think we're also still grateful to gather right. in these spaces and have people in the room and go, <laughs> yeah. we can all yeah. sing we can together. All sing together. And, so, you know, t- taking the work seriously or like the opportunity to lead seriously, but but then also being off stage and being able to laugh together and just enjoy each other is just really beautiful. So all the songs this year come from a very real, like authentic, desperate place. All the songwriters, I think, are bringing these lyrics and these melodies from a place of like, man, we've all just lived some life in the last little bit. And you hear that in the music. And um, I've had a chance to listen to the new record, you know, top to bottom. And it's a continuity of just pure, authentic worship to God. And it was a beautiful year. Uh, A few moments stand out, but overall, it was really awesome. And the new record comes out soon. Is it in March? Is that right? Yeah, March 10th, the record comes out. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you, you hinted a little bit about it, but what should we expect as we press play or wherever we choose to press play these days on a record yeah, like that? Yeah, right. what, what, should, what should we expect to hear? What have you, what have you caught and what is, 
what's unique about the record as well as as the event that will make its way into the songs? Yeah, well, I think one thing that our team has really learned how to do beautifully is capture the room. Right. Yeah. And you you really hear these voices, right. all these students singing. Yeah. The most beautiful part, I think, of of passion is the sound of a generation singing out to God and worshiping yeah. God. And there's something really special and supernatural when we sing in unison to God. Mm-hmm. When our collective faith comes together and makes that sound, there's something um, very supernatural and spiritual that happens. You feel that when you listen to these songs, you hear these students sing and you know God is at work. This isn't necessarily a human thing that's happening. You just you can feel God is in the room. And this is a moment that we didn't really plan, you know, like there's a song on the record called fall like rain. And, um, I remember leading that song for the first time in Texas and in Atlanta and just starting into the song and starting the verse. And the students were like already singing it like they had heard it before. And we're all looking at each other like, this (laughs) is wild. And it just felt like God had gone before us yep. and said, I'm going to give you the songs, the melodies, all the things to say at just the right time for if in this moment. And like the students were just ready to sing it. So I think you, I think you feel all of that yeah. when, you, when you hear these songs. When you go into an event like Passion and you know that there's a live album that comes mm. as a result from the recording, I've got a couple of questions mm. around this, but let me ask this one first. Do you know which songs you're going to record before you go in? Are you recording everything mm. and making those decisions afterwards? Is it a mixture of both? Talk to me about the, the recording process of capturing an event. Yeah, I would say, you know, first of all, we do know that we're going to record everything, right. but we try not to major on that okay. while we're there. I think yeah. the focus is more on let's lead the room and do what's mm. right for the moment. Right. And just know we're capturing everything, but don't let that dictate what we're doing yeah. in the room. So I think that's first. And then more to the nuts and bolts of it, we rehearse a lot of songs. We write a lot of songs and then continually narrow down so that when we get into the room and we see how conference is unfolding and the yeah. the journey that we're on, we have songs that we can pick from and pull from and go, oh, now we know this song is for this moment or Christine Kane's talking about this, man, that's amazing. We have this song. There were some songs that we went into conference this year and they were kind of like, are we going to do these songs or not? And and a couple of them, we didn't end up leading or recording. And I've just learned that that's, there's a reason. There's a reason for that. It's just not for this moment. Maybe those songs will surface down the road, but for passion 23, it, it wasn't meant to be. So we just we try to record everything and then on the backside of it go, what are those moments? What were those those non-negotiable God moments in the room that we want to put on the record? So I'm going to link this back to uh, conversations I've been having with worship leaders that mm. we get to serve here at Multitracks. Mm. And there's lots of similar conversations that have been coming out over the last couple of years. So one of them is churches that never had to stream online before Mm. uh, during COVID started streaming online uh, and now are continuing to have an online presence as well as in the room. And for many, many worship leaders, that's been a a mind shift and a change Mm. and kind of how do I lead outside of the room as well as inside of the room? And how do I lead the room whilst being aware that everything's being recorded and streamed to people that I can't see? Uh, So you hinted even then at something as big as passion, your focus is Mm. not the recording 
or mm. the product, but actually being really intentional about serving the room. Can mm. you give any more advice or thoughts around that and your mm. experience of leading the room, also knowing that it's recorded or live streamed and uh, any kind of like hints and advice around that would be amazing. Yeah. That's an interesting question. You know, I think, first of all, I've actually been thinking about this today. You know, I would just would really encourage people to find a way to be in the room mm-hmm. at church. Mm-hmm. I know there are some people, it's just not possible. Yep. And that's fine. I mean, I love COVID made church available to a lot more people, yep. um, which is beautiful. I know there's some people who they can't, they literally cannot get yep. into a building. Yep. I'm like, that's, that's great. But if you can yep. be in the room, I really want to encourage people to be in the room and rub shoulders with people. Like we were saying earlier, the great assembly, the gathering of the people of God is so important. And to hear your brothers and sisters sing in faith sometimes is what you need to have faith again. And so I I just would really encourage people to be in the room. So as a worship leader at Passion or at Passion City Church, I try to remember that there are people tuning in outside of the room. And I really believe, man, that the Holy Spirit works in the room and then also through that technology to reach people. And so there are times where I will, sometimes I feel like God through His Holy Spirit is giving me something to say to the people tuning in. Right, And I'll say that yeah, and I'll, right. I'll touch on that. Uh, but I would say I'm mostly present to what's happening right in the room, you know, yeah. right in front of me most of the time. <laughs> it, it's great. It's a whole new balance, right? A whole new balance it really is. To, to get their heads around and, and question mm-hmm. and wrestle with. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love that it, it forced a speeding up of some churches uh, in terms of mm-hmm. when, what might be an inevitable path anyway. Um, yeah. But that encouragement, yeah, getting back in the room is amazing. Yeah. One of the, the things that I enjoy, uh, and you guys won't get to experience this the same way because you are in the room, but when mm-hmm. Passion Conference is going on, I love watching the online threads and the online themes that develop as people are trying to capture what's happening there and they're sharing it. Like this song's taking place and you've got people mentioning it from the room, you've got people watching Mm. online and the worship leading community are almost trying within real time going, what are the new songs? Where are they captured? What's happening? What's Mm. taking place? Yeah, There's there's one song that I saw mentioned quite a few times during this conference that I'm going to ask you about, which is called I've Witnessed It. I think that's the title of the song. Uh, And people were mentioning that song almost in real time as it's being led. Tell me a bit about that song. Tell me some of the story. Tell me why that's connecting with people. And and, uh, is that song going to be on the album? Yeah, that song's on the album. It's actually the title of the record. Perfect. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so there you go. That definitely is one of the songs that has, you know, risen to the top, you know, and and one of those songs that we identified pretty quickly is something that God was saying and speaking specifically through this year. And um, yeah, that that word witness, you know, is a really interesting word. You know, I grew up in church and I grew up hearing that word, like, we're going to go witness to these people, or I'm going to go witness to this person, or, you know, I witness to... But that that word, I think, has really triggered, it's helped us think about our experience with God's faithfulness, or what we've experienced and witnessed of God and His character and His goodness and His kindness to us in our life, but also how that doesn't stop with us. It goes out. And that is, I think, at the core of what we pray for, for passion, is that passion doesn't stop 
in these rooms and in these arenas, but these students go back to their campuses. They go back to their families. They go back to where they work and they're carrying this experience that they've had with God in these rooms, but also their experience with God's goodness and faithfulness to them. They're carrying that back. And so it's, it's a really powerful picture as we're leading the song. I think it recalls to people's minds you know, the, the lyric and the bridge, you're good and I've witnessed it. You love and I've witnessed it. You heal and I've witnessed it. And I'm confident I'll see it again. So you're remembering as you're singing it, all these ways that God has displayed his love in your life and yeah. shown you his faithfulness and even healing. And I'm confident I'll see it again. So there's this, it stokes your faith. And it also, there's this like transference where it's coming now out out through me so anyway it's a really it's a powerful song and we've loved we've loved leading it mel leads it so so powerfully i I love that whole i'm with you that whole almost reclaiming of that witness which Mm -hmm. is there in our vernacular right but just seeing it used and uh in a way that maybe we've dated the word or dated its meaning or dating its, uh, its influence which is so cool um, yeah. Was that a co-lead or a co-write with some of the guys from The Belonging Co? Uh, yeah. So Austin Davis is yeah. a part of that song. Mel is on that song. And I think Andrew Holt. So those those three guys. And yeah, that song happened at a writing camp we had in Atlanta, um, specifically for Passion. Okay. Wow. A lot of these songs actually came from those writing camps. So Really cool. Such a part. Yeah. I love it. Okay, I have uh, one more, I think, maybe two, we'll see, questions to yeah, round out our time with. Um, one of the, the other things that I love about Passion is when I listen to your record, when I watch the conferences, there's a variety of both your own original content mm. which you write and then other songs which have meaning to the wider body that you're using as well. And some of my favorite versions, I won't tell you which, but some of my favorite versions of other people's songs have been passion <laughs> versions and passion covers of those songs. Um, and I, I love the fact that, you know, I've been able to use a variety of those resources. So I think on this record, if I hear it right, there's songs mm. that have come from 2022, 2021. Mm. I'm thinking of Saint God is on there. I think yep. Gratitude is on there. There's newer ones such as Cody Carnes is uh, good. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Dove from the Blongy Co. Um, yeah. Why did you place those songs inside of your recording? Yeah. And why would you lean into some of those content from other songwriters and other churches to place that you want the passion movement to get behind and yeah. to sing and use? That's a great question, man. And I'll say, you know, gratitude, good, like on the record, Brandon actually leads gratitude. Cody's leading good, the dove. And I think it's a couple things. One, Passion is a family of artists and preachers, and it's a community of people who are leading together. And all these guys like Brandon and Cody and Elevation and um, Carrie, and they're all a part of this community of people who are helping lead this generation. And, you know, this record without their voices, it wouldn't be the same. So to have them on it is, is so important. And then, you know, another another part of it and part of the stewardship, you know, I think in, Louis has really you know, helped us understand this. It's not just looking just to Passion City Church and saying, well, well, we're Passion City. What is God doing here? It's going, well, no, what is God doing all over the world right now? What are the songs that are catching fire in the church in America and all over the world? Because there's something interesting about that. When a song like Gratitude starts to go all over the world, you you have to think, you have to stop and think like, God is in this. God is 
God is speaking something here. God wants us to understand something about himself and how we relate to him in this, in this worship. And so, man, we, we want to fan that flame as much as we can and go, man, if God is on this song and on this moment and on, you know, Brandon leading it, then like, let's do what we can. So I think that that's part of it. And the last thing I'll say is that those moments were all so significant in the room at conference. So to get a full picture of Passion 2023, you need those songs on the record, you know? So it's all wrapped in that. I love it. I'm going to really encourage listeners to the podcast to go and do two things. Check out your conversation uh, with your wife, with Lou, with Shelley. Uh, go and check out uh, your solo project that speaks to all of that. And then yeah. this new record for Passion when it drops. Because, um, yeah, I, I'm always excited to hear yeah. it. And I think you articulated it so well. Like the songs are a really important part of that. But the moments that those songs represent and, and capturing that. Um, and you're right. There's something supernatural that happens that somehow that gets recorded and somehow that mm-hmm. gets captured and somehow that can still make an impact. And thank you for being great stewards yeah. of mm. those moments and for making it available and for stewarding your gifts and, and other people yeah. so incredibly well. I really appreciate it. And there's an amazing theme that's pulled through all of this conversation yeah. around relationship, around getting yes. alongside people, around walking arm in arm with brothers. Mm. Um, so final question to you. Uh, mm. Encouragement to worship leaders that can often find themselves isolated in terms of relationship mm. that have... Mm maybe have come through the crazy couple of years that we've all come through that are on the other side of it that uh, we know the answer you've said it all the way through its relationship but let's give that encouragement specifically to those worship leaders that find themselves in that spot maybe you want to say something and pray for them that would be an amazing way to end the word christian um why don't you talk to them and, and pray that and we'll end our time together yeah, I mean, it might feel repetitive, but my encouragement to worship leaders would be to find those, for me, it's three guys. I have three guys okay. in my life that I can say anything to, right. and I know it's a safe place. I can trust them, yeah. but I need those three guys in my life, uh, a place where I can go and be really specific about those things in my life that could wedge between me and my affection for Jesus. So I have to find a way to not just speak in generalities, but like get really specific with a few people. And so I would really encourage um, worship leaders to, to find that. And I've heard people say, well, I don't have that. I don't have that in my community, or I don't know who I could go to. And I would say, maybe that is God actually initiating something through you. Maybe you're the one to spark that kind of authenticity and vulnerability in your community. Because like we talked about earlier, you know, as worship leaders on stage, on staff of the church, it can be hard to be vulnerable. We have to push through that and we have to be willing to have those honest, those honest conversations. I think what we'll find is there is a tremendous amount of grace and strength and authority waiting for us on the other side of confessing our weakness. I mean, that's scripture. When I am weak, then I am strong, right? So I can say from my experience that the more I have confessed my weakness and brought my brokenness to Jesus and to his church, the more strength I feel, the more authority I sense in my life. So I would just encourage, I would encourage worship leaders Go find your people. Find we need your people. we need people. We need right. people. One of God's greatest gifts to us this side of heaven is his yeah. church. We got we gotta engage that. So 
But yeah, I would love to pray for anybody listening right now. Thank you, Christian. Let's do that. Yeah. Lord, we uh, are so grateful that your love for us is so real and so good. And we just breathe that in right now. Me and Christian on this call and anybody listening, um, we just breathe in your love and your acceptance and your smile over our lives today. Not because of what we can do, but because of who we are, because of who you've made us. Um, so I pray, Lord, anybody listening right now would just feel your pleasure over them, mm-hmm. um, that they would breathe that in and receive that today, Lord. Um, yeah, I pray for um, any worship leader out there, any pastor or anybody listening. Maybe you're not even, you don't even work at a church, but you're just tired. You're run down. I just want to remind you of the invitation. Jesus says, come to me. If you are, if you got a burden, if you got something heavy on you, he said, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Um, bring it to him. Um, so Lord, I pray you would give us the, the humility and the confidence in your word to do that, to come and bring it all to you. Every doubt, every fear, um, every uh, way of thinking that doesn't line up with your word. Um, Lord, I pray we could just bring it to you and find rest and peace um, in you. And I pray, Lord, that you would inspire new songs and um, deeper levels of affection and relationship with you, uh, with these church leaders and worship leaders, um, that privately they would go deep with you, that you would help them, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to experience new heights and new depths with you. So that when they lead, they're leading from a place of overflow, they're not having to. Uh, they're not striving or trying to like, you know, drum up any kind of um, uh, affection for you. But it, there is real affection and love for you in their hearts. It's just spilling over into the people that they're leading. Um, yeah. So Lord, I pray for that. Just that simple yeah. pursuit. That simple pursuit. We just want you. That's all we need. That's all we need. Help us. Amen. <laughs>